Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What's going on, ladies and gents? Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, as always, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois. Got a nice show planned for you throughout the next 60 minutes. We will be talking plenty of NBA, some college basketball, hockey, and of course, a little bit of baseball with the season right around the corner. Joining us in the show, 15 minutes from now, we'll get VEASAN's betting reporter Josh Applebaum to come back on the program. He'll tell us tonight's biggest market movers throughout all the major sports. And then, naturally, we'll get his two cents on the Final Four and see what he's got involvement-wise for his bets for the games on Saturday night. And then afterward, we'll talk with Scott Spreitzer, pro sports better out there in Sin City. And Scott's going to go all over the place. So naturally, of course, we too will talk Final Four with Scott. And then also, he's got plenty of baseball action with some of these win totals. So I'm excited to see where Scott is standing on some of his plays preseason. Looking forward to the start of the year for baseball. So that'll be in 30 minutes with Scott. End of the show, Danny's Dines will recap some of the bets that I'll start out with momentarily, but then we'll also go with a hockey play that I got involving a couple games. So uh, stay tuned for that. We've got some involvement with the Blackhawks and Panthers game, and then the Kings and the Flames. I'll let you know what we're doing with that in 45 minutes. Like I said, I do have some bets to begin the show, and I do want to preview this Bulls matchup tonight against the Los Angeles Clippers, a very intriguing game for a multitude of reasons. You have this Bulls squad that is still competing day in and day out for the best positioning in the Eastern Conference as possible. It's very narrow with the top seeds right now, and they're tied with the Raptors. They're in that fifth and sixth seed spot, both four and a half games back, and the Bulls have the advantage in the head-to-head matchup, but the Raptors have a little bit more favorable schedule down the stretch, whereas the Bulls, yes, they have the Clippers tonight, but then they get the Heat, they get the Bucks, and they get the Celtics, the Hornets, and then the Timberwolves on the road. So it's kind of a tough stretch here for Chicago as they are concluding the regular season, and they got to take advantage of opportunities such as this. So you have that factored in, and you also have to consider now that Paul George is back, this brings a unique dynamic to this Clippers team. They had an incredible comeback in his return to the Clippers. They were down 25 points to the Utah Jazz, they come back and win 121 to 115 against Utah. 
Paul George not only played a factor, he was an absolute menace. He dropped 34 points in that game. I think he knocked down about six three-pointers on nine attempts or so. I mean, he was a madman coming back from his injury. We'll see if he could do the same tonight. But let me tell you where these betting lines open for this matchup. Chicago did open as a favorite. They tend to do better at home. We'll get into that a little bit more so momentarily. So they did open up as a three-and-a-half point favorite. Total opened up 223. The spread immediately showed some love to the Clippers. At Bet Rivers right now, you can get the Bulls instead of minus three in the hook at the opener. Chicago's now laying two. Money line minus 130. The Clippers plus 110. Total, like we said, open 223. That has dipped to 221 and a half. Little bit of juice on the over, minus 112. So we know the Clippers are coming off a big win against the Jazz with the return of Paul George. As for the Bulls, well, they got a much-needed victory on the road against Washington after that brutal loss against the Knicks the night before. So they took care of business against the Wizards. They won and covered. And this is going to be the second time they face the Clippers this season. They beat them back in November in L.A., 100-90. to DeRozan, if you recall, dropped 35 points in that matchup. Levine had 29. Uh, Vooch and Patrick Williams did not play in that game. Paul George did play for the Clippers, dropped 27 points, and the second leading score for the Clippers was Eric Bledsoe, who dropped 21 points, and of course, he is no longer a member of the Los Angeles Clippers. And offense to this Clippers team has been tough to come by. Defensively, they're very sound. They're strong all throughout. That's what's been carrying them and benefiting if you've been betting on them in certain situations. But now that Paul George is back, is this going to be a consistent boost to the offense? Well, one would imagine, yes, that's the easy answer. But also with just his second game back on the road where the Clippers have struggled a little bit more so, they're 16-23. and 23. Do you rely on it in this matchup? Is it kind of recency bias? Is that why the market's moving toward the Clippers? Could be a little bit of both. But before you're rushing to wanting to back the Clippers squad after what we saw with Paul George after that immense comeback, Consider that the Bulls do take advantage of these opportunities at home as small favorites, even when the lines move it against them. We have taken this bet many, many times. Now, granted, it's probably been against lesser teams, but to me, this Bulls squad should be and is better than the Clippers. Defensively, they're not. Offensively, they should be capable of overcoming it. But again, this offense from Chicago has taken a hit as of late. But the Bulls are 26-10 and 10 at home. And the teams they've lost who has really been top-tier comp uh, competition aside from the Knicks at the very beginning of the season and the Pacers while they were still competitive. Otherwise, the Bulls lost to the Sixers twice, the Nets, the Heat, the Warriors, the Suns, the Grizzlies, and the Bucks. So again, top-tier competition. Clippers don't really fall into the same category as those teams. Doesn't mean we would be shocked if the Clippers won. But the Bulls can take advantage in many areas against this Clippers squad. For example, we've preached about it many times and why the Bulls have lost in these situations is because they don't do what they do best, which is thrive in transition. They're second best in transition offense in the NBA, but the games they lose, they really have no involvement in that area and they're not getting good looks there. And that's what kind of hurts them. But the good news is the Clippers are 12th in transition defense while the Bulls are second offensively in well, the Bulls don't have the greatest transition defense, ranking 25th, but the good news is the Clippers are 30th in transition offense. Again, offensively, they're not that great. 26 in points per possession, 21st in effective field goal percentage, but you got to ask yourself, how does that alter with Paul George being back in the mix? Now, something else that kind of benefits this Bulls team, and we've hammered this plenty of times on Rush Hour, on the Chicago City Cats, the Bulls have an inability to limit their falling, and their opponents really are getting to the free throw line consistently way more than the Bulls have been, and that's kind of been their Achilles heel, among many other things. But the good news is the Clippers ain't that good at getting to the line offensively. They're 28th in offensive free throw rate. So there's a lot more stats you could go over here, but long story short, the Clippers' offense has not been great. Their defense has been sound, but how much of an impact do you believe Paul George has? As for the Bulls, they're going to be healthy, still aside from Lonzo Ball, and they desperately need this win considering they're right there with the Raptors and they got a tough stretch to finish out the season. I get the lines moving away from the Bulls, 
I was waiting to see if I could maybe get a better number, but it seems like it could slightly be going back in favor of Chicago at other outlets. But I ended up laying minus buck thirty with the Bulls in this spot against the Clippers. So it'll probably torment me. It'll be incredibly frustrating because that's how the Bulls are right now. And I didn't want to get involved aside from the fan perspective. But at the end of the day, I still think the Bulls are the deeper team. They're more talented. And yes, the Clippers defense will come through at some points. But I know the Bulls know they need this one really bad. And I think it's a little bit of the case of recency bias here. So I'm going to go with the Bulls over the Clippers. Now, I do have a couple more bets in this game, and this is going to be revolving around the props, and we got to talk about our guy, Zach Levine. He cashed a prop for us against the Knicks the other night, and I'm looking for him to do the same this evening. 22.5 is the lowest prop number we saw for his points, minus 116 to the over, unders minus 106. Now, this season, Zach Levine is averaging about 24.5 points per game. He's played in 63 games, and he's gone over 22.5 points in 43 of them, hitting at a 68% clip. Now, there is a lot of numbers that are thrown out there for Levine with his prop mark at 23 in the hook, and I still would entertain the over, but there has been a notable difference. I believe he had only gone over 23 and a half in 38 out of 63 games as opposed to over 22 and a half at 43 out of 63 games. However, in March, he's averaging 25 points per game and has gone over both 22 and a half and 23 and a half in 9 out of 13 games. In the first go-around against the Clippers, remember, like we discussed, he dropped 29 points, hit six three-pointers, went 11 to 27 from the floor. Now, the Clippers, again, we talk about their defense very strong all throughout. Their opponents are getting over 33% of their shot attempts up at the rim. Again, that's where Levine gets a majority. And from beyond the arc, where opponents are shooting over 35% of their attempts from deep. Now, his last three home games, it seems like as of late, Zach Levine has been playing a lot better and more confidently at home. He's gone over this mark the last three home games. Dropped 26 versus Toronto, 30 versus Milwaukee, and 28 versus Memphis. They haven't played that many home games as of later. At least Zach Levine hasn't. But when he has, he has taken advantage of it, and I believe he does the same tonight. So I'm going with Zach Levine over 22.5 points. The other prop we're rocking with, Reggie Jackson. You see the theme here? We did it earlier this week. You take Zach Levine, then you take an opponent to go over his three-point field goals prop because the Bulls are not good at defending the three. Reggie Jackson is a guy who lives beyond the arc. Okay, he's got 40% of his shot attempts coming from there. He's knocking down 34% of them. He's averaging over two threes made per game on about seven attempts. And out of 71 games this season, Reggie Jackson has made two or more threes in 50 out of 71 games. Folks, that's a 70% clip. And in that first matchup against the Bulls, went three of 11 from deep. So the opportunities came very often, and he did get over. I mean, it was three of 11, not pretty per se, but he did get over this mark. And they're making you pay a price for it, and rightfully so, because we just talked about how frequently he's gone over. So I laid minus 160 with Reggie Jackson over one and a half three-point field goals made. That's the other prop that I'm pulling the trigger on for this Bulls and Clippers game. So we got Jackson over one and a half threes, Levine over 22 and a half points, and we're hoping the Bulls can put it together and get the dub because we got Chicago minus a buck 30 on the money line. But that's my NBA action for the night. If you want some more, make sure you check out JVT's, that's right, Jonathan Von Tobel's Hardwood Handicappers podcast, available at bsin.com slash podcast. He gets you all the good betting opportunities every single night. With every matchup, he's got his write-up at vsin.com, and he'll express it verbally with the podcast. So give it a listen. Coming up next, we'll talk with vsin's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum. Stick around. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like 
choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness... TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. The tourney madness continues this week at Bet Rivers with three new missions for the final round of games. It's your last chance to score a free bet during the tournament, so make sure you go to BetRivers.com or the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app to check out the final missions and enjoy the final games of the tournament. Terms and conditions apply. Seaside for details. Make your bets this weekend with Bet Rivers. Okay, welcome back to the show. It is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. We take it out to the East Coast now. One of our favorite segments is VEASAN's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum, joining us for a nice little segment going all over the place, talking college hoops and some NBA. Josh, uh, not only do we have the Final Four on Saturday, but we got a championship game tonight with the NIT. This is going to tip off pretty soon, about 45 minutes Texas A&M laying now five against Xavier and also Josh's total at 137 in the hook. What have you been seeing leading up to this game with these numbers? Yeah, Danny, it's great to be with you as always on Rush Hour. And uh, yeah, we got baseball next week, Danny. So cannot wait for yes, that. Sir. MLB right around the corner. But um, yeah, in terms of this game tonight, Danny, you know, of course, we're all, you know, glued to March Madness. We can't wait for the final four. But, you know, don't dismiss the NIT. You know, I know the basketball classic is over and the CBI, CI, you know, all these little uh, conferences, sometimes there's a, a public narrative of, hey, like, you know, this rinky dink little tournament, I don't, you know, it doesn't deserve my money. Let me put my money elsewhere. But I think that's a mistake. There's a lot of value to be had here in these smaller conference tournaments or smaller tournaments in general, uh, you know, in the NIT. So tonight's championship game at Madison Square Garden in New York City. We've seen Danny is a lot of support here for Texas AM. Now, Texas AM, they've won and covered every single game in the tournament, they've won by double digits. They're a big public play tonight. At BetMGM, they're getting about 75% of bets across the market. They open laying four. They've been bet up to four and a half. And then I am a bit surprised because um, I got a bad number on this one, Danny. I took uh, Xavier plus four and a half. I'll give you a, re a reason why in a second. But I was thinking, hey, juice-wise, it may get back down to four. Now, I was wrong on that one. We're seeing it get up to five now. So I'm getting a little bit nervous for my Xavier four and a half. Uh, I would mention in situations like this, I ride with my original bet. I don't go the other way. I don't double down. I don't try to you know, try to hedge it or anything. So I'm sticking here with Xavier four and a half. But I think you like the five. Obviously, you're getting a better number. The reason why I like Xavier here, Danny, uh, number one, extremely contrarian. Only 25% of bets in a really heavily bet game tonight. Again, not much else to bet on aside from NBA and NHL. Ken Palm only has Xavier losing by two. Our buddy Greg Hoops only has him losing by two and a half. So to me, that's some actionable value there, getting a four and a half or five now. And then, Danny, here's kind of the, the cap in my opinion. And this is uh, Greg Hoops made a bunch of these points earlier, but a big advantage on the glass. If you look at Texas A&M, they're 337th in defensive rebound rate. So they give up a lot of offensive boards. They don't rebound well. They're only tw uh, 214th in turnover. So they turn the ball over. 
They're only 235th in the country in free throw percentage. They don't really hit their free throws either. Now, they're extremely athletic. Uh, they are good on their opposing offensive boards. But Xavier, they're uh, top 50 in fewest turnovers per game, uh, a team that makes their free throws, and a team that doesn't turn it over. So I am surprised that the 4.5 is now up to 5, Danny. But I'm going to hope I get lucky on this one and stick with my Xavier plus 4.5. Alrighty, I'm sure you'll be sweating that one out just as everybody will be sweating out all the action Saturday night with the final four. And Josh, man, I got my eyes set on this Kansas and Villanova game, and I was kind of hoping it'd maybe come back down to four because I really like Kansas here, but now they're up to four in the hook. Total's at 132.5. I'm hoping you're on the same side as me, but uh, I'm prepared for either scenario. Yeah, so Danny, I'm actually going to go on Villanova in this situation, and I don't blame anyone oh, on Kansas now. <laughs> and again, Danny, so we'll bet with each other. We'll you know we'll save the juice. At least one Fair of us enough. will win. But um, <laughs> the early movement was to your to your benefit, Danny, toward Kansas. Kansas open laying minus three and a half. Immediately got bet up to four and a half. Uh, but a couple reasons, I, you know, in terms of you know betting against the public, going contrarian, thinking differently. This is your number one bet against the public play this weekend yep. across the market. Kansas is getting about two thirds of bets, if not more. This is a six o'clock game Saturday night. It's going to be extremely heavily bet. And the early move, the three and a half up to four, that told me, okay, some respected money hit the minus three and a half immediately. Maybe that was a little bit short. But now that we're at four and a half, again, we'll see which way it goes next. But there are some inclinations here that it may come back down to four based on some juice prices across the market. So uh, if you look at projections here, Ken Palm only has Villanova losing by one, but I'm not sure if that factors in the Justin Moore injury. But I would like to do one thing, Danny, buy on bad news, sell on good news. These are contrarian tenets that uh, you kind of look to do. So I think the public narrative of Kansas is great, the, la the last remaining one seed, uh, they've been awesome in the tournament, and now Villanova's down one of their best players, hammer Kansas here. But I think as the public keeps being told that and fed that, uh, it becomes a bit of an undervalued play to actually buy low, go against the grain, and still look for Villanova. They're one of the, they are the best free throw shooting team in the country. They set a record this year. They make all their free throws. They don't turn it over. You have great coaching from Jay Wright and Gillespie and Samuels to me are still going to uh, hopefully keep this thing within the number. So Danny, I'll go plus four and a half here. At least one of us will get a win in this game. No, I get it. And you're absolutely right. I mean, to bet against Villanova is so tough, but the fact that their second leading scorer is injured, as you alluded to, kind of swayed me more so to liking Kansas. That and just because I need Kansas for a multitude of reasons, but I completely understand <laughs> anybody looking to back Villanova based on how well disciplined they are, their lack of turnovers, which is great, of course, and then their success at the free throw line, which is huge in basketball, but specifically with these college kids. So I get it. I get it. At least one of us could be a winner. So, uh, We'll see what we can do. Or maybe I'll in-game a uh, money line for Kansas, and then we can get a nice little middle opportunity. There we nice. go. Uh, <laughs> Josh, I want to talk some NBA with you tonight, my man. There's a big matchup out on the East Coast by you. We got Brooklyn and Milwaukee dueling off, and the Nets are a two-point favorite. This total at 243.5, just absolutely incredible. Uh, what have you been seeing from the movements for this matchup? I believe JBT took the points with Milwaukee, but what do you think? So I'm actually going to go the other way, Danny. I'm actually going to go money line here on the Nets. Now, what jumped out to me in this game is uh, a really public play here toward the Milwaukee Bucks. They're getting about 65% of bets across the market. And Danny, you and I talk a lot about you know public philosophy and betting. And really, nine times out of 10, public's going to load up on a favorite. You want to put your hard-earned money behind a team that is, quote-unquote, the better team expected to win, expected to cover. They lose, you can stomach it. But if you bet the dog, who's expected to lose, expected not to cover, and you, and you, uh, you lose your bet, you kind of kick yourself. So there's a public bias always toward favorites. And you know me, Danny, when you see a trendy dog, I want to bet against those trendy dogs. The trendy dog here tonight is the Milwaukee Bucks getting two-thirds of bets here. And what I like is Brooklyn actually opened as, as a one-point favorite. And Giannis, I believe at one point he was questionable. I thought he was always going to play, but officially he's upgraded to probable. Here's the thing. With Giannis now in, uh, this actually um, continued to stay where it's at toward the Nets. The Nets open minus one. Everyone's betting Milwaukee, and yet the Nets are, are now up to minus two. So that would be kind of a fade the trendy dog, contrarian favorite, or reverse line move here to the Nets. Public all over Bucks, and I don't blame anybody. They're a great team, defending champs, getting points. How do you not take it? But the fact that the public's on Milwaukee and the line's actually going to Brooklyn in this spot, I'll go money line in Brooklyn here. Uh, shop around. I think you're only, what, Danny, like a minus 120, minus 130, something like that. And I, I didn't play the over, but it's getting a lot of steam. It opened at around 238 and a half, up to around 235 and a half, or 243 and a half now at this point. I wouldn't automatically say, hey, it's too high, bet the under. Look at the last time these teams played. I think it was a 126-123 game. So maybe you get a high-scoring affair, 
And I got to play the Nets as a favorite with a line move in their favor. Again, getting only about a third of bets. That's a good fade the trendy dog play, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm always with you there, taking the short spread instead of doing that, going with the money line, minus 129, what you can get with Brooklyn right now. Uh, Josh, I do want to ask you about this Atlanta Hawks and Cleveland Cavaliers game. Two teams in the playoff. I mean, well, the Hawks will get in the playing game. The Cavs will, depending on what the Raptors and Bulls do. But it's still fascinating because of that. And Atlanta needs these wins, I guess, more so than Cleveland. And it's showing here with them as a six-point favorite. Now, Cleveland is banged up. How much of an impact do you have that making in this game? And what is the market shown based off that? Yeah, Danny, you're totally right. This Cleveland team, some bad breaks with some injuries here. No Jared Allen, Mobley, Wade. Rondo's been out for a while here. Uh, you look at um, some issues here as well with Atlanta. No John Collins and some other parts, but they should get, I believe, Gallinari back. And uh, Bogdanovich, I think, is still questionable. But uh, the spread, it did open minus five Atlanta. It's up to minus six. I didn't make a play on that, Danny, but I did play the over. One of my favorite teams to bet to the over this year is the Atlanta Hawks. They've been pretty good. Cashing totals here, uh, they're 41 and 35 to the over, including 22 and 16 to the over at home. And this game opened, I, I couldn't have been, a, I guess it was a right number, but I saw a total as low as like 220, 222. Uh, maybe that was a little bit off, but either way, it's all the way up to 230 now. So it's tough. You're not getting the best of it. I got over 229 and a half a little bit earlier today, but Atlanta, number two in offensive efficiency, number 26 defensive efficiency. So they score a lot. They give up a lot. Uh, these teams have played the last two games, 124-116, 121 to 118. So they've been around, you know, 239, 240 here. Uh, it's a back-to-back -back for both teams. So maybe, you know, typically tired legs, you look to an under, but maybe tired legs, less defense here. That could be part of the steam to the over. And Atlanta, 4-1 to the over their last five, 13-6 to the over the last 19 head-to-head -head between these teams. And by the way, Cleveland, you think of them as an under team. They're 7-2 to the over their last nine, 4-1 to the over their last five on the road. So Danny, I'm rooting for points. I got the over 229 and a half or 230 now over with the Atlanta game. All right, I dig it. Well, hey, Josh, plenty of fun as always getting your thoughts on basketball, both college and NBA. We always wish you best of luck. But also, I'm looking forward to next week, my man. We'll be talking plenty of baseball, I'm sure. Until then, take care. And again, best luck with all your plays, buddy. I appreciate it, Danny. And one thing I love about you, you grind MLB from start to finish, just <laughs> like me. We're the true grinders. Yes, There's sir. nothing like it. Yes, sir. Josh, one of the best follows. Give him one at Josh underscore insights on the tweets. Coming next, a little bit more baseball here on Rush Hour. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Our all-digital MLB guide at vston.com is available now, and Adam Burke has futures, team previews, and best bets for all 30 teams, plus Jason Weingarten's MLB futures bets, trends, and much more. So sign up today and get full access to VEASAN through the start of the baseball season, the Masters, and the NFL Draft for, again, only $19. And that's at VSIN.com slash spring. Well, speaking of spring and baseball, it's time to talk a little baseball here on Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we are bringing in one of our top guests in terms of his plagues because every time he's on, I swear he's given out consistent winners, and that's Scott Spritzer, ladies and gentlemen, at Scott Wins on the tweets. And we'll talk some Final Four, Scott. Don't worry, we will get to it. But I did want to talk a little bit of baseball here just to switch things up a little bit because it seems that you've already got – some heavy action with these win totals that have been posted for a little bit of time. And I'm kind of waiting till the end of this weekend to get fully into it, but love giving your thoughts on it. And I want to start with a team that we're certainly familiar with here in our neck of the woods being the NL Central with the Cincinnati Reds. And now the, the Reds are always a unique team, right? They always seem to have talent, but don't necessarily always put it together. You're seeing their win total at Bat Rivers at 72 and a half, and the juice is on the over, minus 134. The under is plus 105. What was your handicapping process looking at the Cincinnati Reds this season? Yeah, and the number that I ended up getting involved with was 73 and a half. And, you know, I'm looking at the under here for the Reds. That's where my action is. And I always look when it comes to wins totals. If I'm looking to play a team under the total, Danny, it, it, I like to look at the rest of the division and see if my team that I'm on that already had a low total as far as that posted number 
can steal seven, eight, nine wins in a series from a team or two within their division. And, you know, you look at Chicago, I think Chicago is going to be a little bit better than most people think. I think they got a shot at 500 or a little above St. Louis is a team that I think is going to be pretty decent this year. So it's a, it's a situation where I don't think since he can steal seven, eight, nine wins from either of those two teams. Now they can gain a series one over Pittsburgh. We do know that. So that has to be factored into it. But I don't believe they're going to steal more than a handful of wins from the Cubbies or, or more than a handful of wins from the Redbirds, uh, who are two teams that are on the cusp of being overplaced for me. Haven't jumped in yet, but they're right there. Uh, they're not going to shock Milwaukee, you know, Pennant contender, obviously. So the only team that they might handle in a season series would be the Pirates. And the Reds went the route of prospects in the offseason. You know, no more Miley on the mound. Uh, Castillo's got the shoulder issue. We'll see how he does as the season progresses. And then you got a general manager who makes a reference to your lack of resources, you know, just in the last couple of weeks. That doesn't breed a whole lot of confidence, I think, for this team. But I do have them finishing with about 68, 69 wins. So I'm feeling pretty comfortable with under 73 and a half at this point. And again, it's, as you mentioned, 72 and a half, still comfortable with that because I have them finishing about three to four wins less than that. Okay, so we're looking under with the Reds. Again, yeah, like Scott said, 72 in the hook, but do your shopping if you could get 73 in the hook as well, but you are getting some plus money with 72 and a half at Bet Rivers. Uh, and then, Scott, if we go to the other league, American League, how about the A's? You're also looking at an under here, and their win total, at least at Bet Rivers, is 70 and a half. Under is minus 122. Why do you think the A's may not see as much success this season? Yeah, Danny, I think, you know, I hate betting unders with the Oakland A's over the last decade. We all know that they don't spend a ton of money, but yet Bob Melvin, Melvin always got them in the mix in the West. Well, of course, Melvin headed south down the coast to take that Padres job. And I'm looking at Oakland being a potential 100-game loser this year. So this total, by the way, was as high as 71.5. You mentioned 70.5. I've seen it as low as 69.5. I like the under at any three of those particular numbers. Uh, Oakland's got two positives for the most part. Dominia, Frankie Montes, and I highly doubt either one of those pitchers are going to be with Oakland late in the season. It's a fire sale. It's a complete rebuild on paper. And again, when I look at that division, I don't see teams that Oakland can steal wins from or steal a series against. Houston's a contender again. I don't think Seattle's going to be as good as they were last year because they were quite fortunate last year, but they'll still be decent. The Angels are going to be better as long as Rendon and Trout, especially Trout, stays healthy. And, you know, Otani may hit 50 dingers this year, Danny, with Trout healthy. Uh, the rotation should be a bit better. The Rangers look improved to me. And, and as far as Oakland is concerned, Goner, Olsen, and Chapman, uh, you look up and down that lineup and there's just nothing to get excited about. And again, uh, the magician, as far as I'm concerned, with what he's had to work with over the past decade, Melvin, is no longer the manager for Oakland. So they've already been sellers. They're sellers at the deadline. They went the prospects route in the offseason. I think it stays under. Even if you had to go with 69.5, I still like the A's under the total. All right, and then I want to talk about this Padres team. Now, Scott, there's naturally going to be a lot of hype around San Diego, as there was last season and then going into this year. Now, Tatis with his injury is kind of perplexing in terms of how to handicap it, and we'll see how they can adjust. But they are a loaded roster, and again, I'm sure this is one of those plays where everybody just sees that and goes, oh, I got to bet the over, bet the over, but you're still in a very tough division. And the number's as high as 88.5 at Bat Rivers, and the juice is on the over minus 118. But do you think maybe it's just a tad inflated? I do. I think it's still a little bit inflated. Now, of the three games that are teams that I'm talking about, this is third in line as far as my third favorite bet. You know, two years ago in that shortened season where we saw whatever it was, 60 games played, I played them over. It was my top play of the shortened season, and we got there easily. Uh, and then last year, they were just made a bit too expensive, and, and of course, they floundered. But Winning got a little bit tougher this year, obviously, which you just mentioned, the injury suffered by Tatis. But it's a team with, that was a massive disappointment last year. They won 79 games. This team's got to win 10 more games without Tatis on the lineup for quite some time. Over that number from last year to cash it over, uh, they failed to move Hosmer and Myers. I'm not a big fan of either one at this point. Hosmer was you know, outstanding with Kansas City. I've not been a big fan of his since he's been in San Diego. They got to get Darvish and Snell to get back to their pre-Padres numbers. There's no guarantee that they're going to do that. Both of them had ERAs over four last year, and they missed out on the Scherzer sweepstakes. So, listen, I like Luke Voigt. It's not like they're you know, void of any talent out there and not going to be a fun team to watch. I do like Luke Voigt. He certainly makes a difference for the Friars at the plate. 
But look at last year, man. They won only 15 of 41 against the Dodgers and the Giants. The Dodgers are loaded again. The Giants aren't going to win 107 games, but they're still an above 500 team. I think the D-backs will be a little bit better. San Diego isn't as bad as that 18 and 36 close last year, I don't think, Danny. Uh, but it's never easy uh, to see this team winning more than 85, 86 games with this particular lineup without Tatis and without being sure that Darvish or Snell are going to get back to what they used to be on the mound. I hate betting under Bob Melvin, but that's the way we're doing it, under 88 and a half. All right, Scott. Well, let's switch things up. Let's go to the hardwood talk. Some final four bets that you may have for this Saturday evening. And we'll begin with this Kansas and Villanova game. And we see the Jayhawks as high as a four and a half point favorite, Scott. And the total at 132 in the hook. Did you bet anything here? You're waiting for a better number. What's been your approach to this matchup? I did, and at least in Las Vegas, there's some fours out there, a couple, not a lot, but a couple. So, you know, people can shop around for four and a half if they like the dog or four if they like Kansas in this one. Uh, it's really, and I get this argument against Kansas that they've had a relatively easy path here. And when you look at who they played, this will be the first opponent they face that's inside Ken Palm's top 30 so far in the dance. So I get all that argument. And now it's going to really come down to whether or not Nova can control the temple and get that deliberate game they're going to require in all likelihood against the Jayhawks who want to get it and go. And they're strong on the glass. That's where that fast temple begins. Grab the defensive rebound, get that ball up the court. They're also especially strong on the offensive glass, uh, which might not have a lot to do with the tempo, but it's worth noting because Nova – has allowed second and third shots at times this season like crazy. Their last three games, Villanova, with Justin Moore available, they allowed 44 offensive rebounds combined in their last three big dance games. And Kansas is right there on the season in offensive rebounding with Houston and Michigan, the last two Villanova opponents. You take the third best rebounder out of the mix in Justin Moore, average a little bit less than five boards per game. The fact that he's their second leading scorer, and I think it's a little bit too much for them to overcome. And it's kind of funny, like I said with Bob Melvin, I hate playing unders when Bob Melvin's the manager. I hate playing against Jay Wright in the month of March, but Kansas is the play for me. And it was five or less. That's, that was my cutoff point, Kansas at five or less. I like it. That's what I was looking to hear from you, Scott. I'm going to probably be big on Kansas, not only just necessarily from an uh, individual game standpoint, but like I keep saying, I mean, I need them maybe for bracket purposes if all the points go my way, and I did take a little future on them. So I'm glad to hear that you are on the side of Kansas, and that's what I was looking to hear from you. So thanks, as <laughs> always, Scott. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we can bring it home together. But thank you, as always, for making some time. I love the baseball plays. We'll definitely look into it, and we'll look forward to having you back on soon enough. Sounds great, Danny. Thanks. Have a good one. You got it. You as well. Give him a follow on Twitter, folks, at Scott Wins on the tweets. Great content all around. Always love giving his plays, whether it's in the future or for the evening. But, hey, we're ending with college basketball. And like we always say, if you do want more of that knowledge in college basketball, we only got a few days left. Check out Coast to Coast Hoops with our guy Greg Hoops Peterson. Again, only a finite amount of games remaining. But if you want that final analysis, Greg has got you covered so download the coast to coast hoops podcast now at bsin.com slash podcast final segment coming next here on rush hour we will end with danny's dots i'm dr sanjay gupta cnn's chief medical correspondent and this is chasing life Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot. But the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. 
Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit. Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So make sure you subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available and you get hooked up several episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. Okay, final segment on this Thursday evening. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host. At Danny Burke 5, or you can follow me on Twitter. And per usual, we are broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, and we got a great slate of games, so the crowd is slowly filling up here in anticipation for all that action. And we do have some bets with that action tonight. So let's recap it and give you a new play that we have for my best bets this evening, a.k.a. Danny's Dimes. Let's get to it, ladies and gentlemen. We've got three bets in the NBA, which we did talk about at the beginning of the show. We'll bring that back in a sec. But I also have another play in hockey. So I do want to start out with that. Let's take it down to Florida where the Panthers are taking on the Blackhawks. Now, last second change here, it looks like it's not going to be Kevin Lincoln in a net for the Blackhawks. It's going to be Colin D'Elia which is even better, honestly, because I'm looking to fade the Blackhawks here. And D'Elia is 1-1-0, 3.87 goals against average. And, well, long story short, you can't trust the kid. And the Panthers at home are a completely different beast. They're a minus 345 favorite right now at Bat Rivers. And for a reason, considering that at home, like we said, they've just been insane. And so is Sergei Bobrovsky. He's 23-0 at home. I believe the Panthers only have six losses at home and none have come in overtime. So long story short, again, I won't spend too much time because it's a pretty, I don't want to say simple, but it's understanding why you would look toward Florida here. This team's getting over four goals per game. The Blackhawks are allowing their opponents about three and a half goals per contest. Florida already defeated Chicago at the United Center back in February, five to two. Hawks are coming off two grueling losses. They had that blown lead in the third period. They were up 3-0 at VGK. They lost. Then they were up, what, as high as 4-0 against the Sabres, a team that should be worse than you, and you were at home, and you blow that lead and lose with like 12 seconds left. I mean, the season was already a disaster and thrown in the trash, but my goodness, where's the motivation going to be after those two dismantling losses? And now going against one of the best teams in hockey and the best home team in hockey, it's not looking like it's going to be good for the Blackhawks here. And the Panthers have won their last four out of five games. And like I said, they do have their top net uh, minder going tonight being Sergei Bobrovsky. Overall, he's 32-6-3, but at home he is 20-3. 2.60 goals against average, 92% with his saves on home ice, and one shutout. He only allowed two goals in that meeting against Chicago on 24 shots, and he has won his last six starts. 
Now, no, I'm not going to lay minus 345 on the money line. Such a high price with Florida here. And I know Andy McNeil, since NHL expert, laid like about minus 140 or so with the Panthers on the puck line. And I don't hate that idea. I'm just not in love with laying a puck line. And I get you might not want to do it in other situations like the one I'm going to present here. So since I don't want to do those, what we've done a few times this season is do a parlay. I don't love doing parlays, but if I have enough confidence in both the squads, especially in hockey, because that's where we've done it, then I'm going to pull the trigger on it. And I did it with the Panthers, and I was searching for another team to pair it with. And the one that I really liked tonight was the Calgary Flames taking on the Los Angeles Kings. Now, when I took this bet, Calgary was like minus 286 or so, and when you did the parlay payout, it was about minus 134. And I get when everybody do, does a parlay, they want to get a big payout. They want to get plus money. That's not always the viable option most of the times, to be honest. And in hockey, like we've done before, we've still laid a little bit of a price, and it's come through. And I'm thinking and hoping the same can happen with the Panthers and the Flames tonight. But let me also tell you why I like Calgary. Now, not only is the market in love with them tonight, they opened minus 250 at Bet Rivers, and again, now they're up to minus 315, but they get this Kings team that is on a two-game losing streak. They're on the second leg of a back-to-back. -back. They went to overtime and lost at Edmonton last night, 4-3. to three. They're also missing a handful of guys, a couple defensemen and a few offensive guys that they've been dealing with these injuries for a little bit of time, and you factor that that is still an impact right now and they're also on the second leg of a back-to-back, -back. it's not going to be adding up to be good for the Kings. And this is an important game for the Flames because they're six points ahead of the Kings, which is a fairly comfortable margin, but they're also meeting, I believe, on Monday night. So if they were to lose this game and then they lose the next one, the Kings will be creeping up. So the Flames certainly have a lot to play for in this situation. They're coming off a tough loss versus Colorado the other night. They played really well, but they lost on Tuesday 2-1. to one. But they have won their last three out of five games. And it does look like Markstrom, their top goalie, is going to be in net. And he's 31-13-7 this season. 2.16 goals against average. Save percentage of 92.5% and nine shutouts this year. Just astonishing what Markstrom's been able to do. He's been one of the top goalies in the NHL. Now at home, he's been very solid as well. 26-6. 2.02 goals against average, 92.5 save percentage, and five of his nine shutouts have occurred on home ice. And he has gone up against the Kings once. When they won, he only allowed two goals on 42 shots saved. Now, as for who's taking the net for the Kings, it looked like earlier it was going to be Cal Peterson. He's still projected to be in the net. So if we can handicap that it is going to be Cal Peterson, the numbers you need to know is that on the road, he does struggle a little bit more so. He's 9-6-1. and 2.88 goals against average and a save percentage of sub 90% on road ice. And he has three shutouts and only one of them has been on the road. He was in the net against the Flames, allowed three goals on 32 shots attempted. So look, the goalie advantage goes to Markstrom. The team advantage goes to the Flames. And situationally, it adds up for Calgary. The line movement's going that way. And no, I don't want to lay a $3 favorite and I don't want to lay a steep price on the puck line for the Panthers against the Blackhawks. I don't have any faith in the Blackhawks. I do trust this Panthers team, so I wanted to look for a way to bet them, and I went with another team that I got faith in tonight, and that's the Flames. So I did a two-team money line parlay with the Flames and the Panthers. Came out to the odds of about minus 134 earlier today. I think if you do it now, it's around minus 141 or so, but I still recommend looking at the Panthers and the Flames for your NHL parlay tonight. So that's the play I got in hockey. And just to recap the action I have in the NBA, which we discussed at the very beginning of Rush Hour tonight, I'm going with the Bulls on the money line against the Clippers. A huge and very important matchup for this Bulls team to solidify the win. They're tied with the Raptors, four and a half games back right now, and the Cavs ain't too far behind who are in the playing spot right now. Now the Bulls do have the tiebreaker against Toronto, but their schedule is only going to be getting tougher. They have the advantages, I believe, offensively against this Clippers squad. Yes, Paul George is back. Yes, he had a great effort in his return against the Jazz, but they were also down 25 points, which it was outstanding to see them come back. Don't get me wrong, but also is that sustainable, right? I'm not saying they're going to be down 25 to the Bulls, but there's a reason they were down so much. And if they are down that much, to do it again and on the road where they haven't been that successful, 
it's a tall order. They're 16 and 23 on the road, and the Bulls take advantage of these opportunities at home as short home favorites. And this season at home, they're 26 and 10. So I give the slight edge to Chicago here. I laid minus a buck 30 with the Bulls on the money line. As for the props that I'm rocking with in this game, we're going Zach Levine over 22.5 points, minus 116 is the bet that I pulled the trigger on. This season, Levine's getting about 24.5 per game. He's gone over 22.5 and 43 out of 63 games this season in March. This month, he's averaging 25 points per game, and in 13 games, he's gone over 22.5 in nine of them. Now, he has been square, or he did square off against the Clippers back in November, and in that game, he dropped six threes, ended up with 29 points. At home, his last three games, he has scored 26, 30, and 28, respectively. And he's also gone over his two-and-a-half, three-point field goals made prop, by the way, in those three matchups. But Levine has played a little bit better at home as of late. He did well against the Clippers earlier this season. He looked rusty against the Wizards, but remember, he's still dealing with that knee issue, and that was on the second leg of a back-to-back. I think he responds after getting all the flack and all the criticism for not looking that great last game. He comes back and scores over 22 and a half points. The other prop we got on the Clippers, Reggie Jackson. How can we bet against the Bulls and where they struggle, which is defending the three? Well, look for a guy who shoots a ton of his looks from there, and that's Reggie Jackson. Over one and a half, three-point field goals made, pulled the trigger on minus 160. Jackson's get about 2.23 pointers made on over six and a half attempts per contest. And out of 71 games, people, he has gotten two or more threes in 50 out of 71 games, 70% clip, 40% of his shot attempts come from deep, and he went over that the last time against Chicago. So we're going Reggie Jackson over one and a half three-point field goals made. Zach Levine over 22 and a half points. Bulls money line minus 130 and a hockey parlay of the Panthers and the Kings to a payout of minus 134. Best of luck with all your action. Thanks for tuning in. We will be back tomorrow with plenty of Final Four coverage here on Rush Hour. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.